Welcome to another episode of Talking with Tank, the podcast for dads and anyone who will listen. I'm your host, Tank. Before we get started on today's topic, I'd like to jump in with feedback from you, the tankers. Uh, Going back to episode three, Talking with My Wife. I got an email from Chris, and Chris said, Bro, it's Chris. I just got done listening to episode three, and your wife is effing hilarious. Only he didn't say effing, he said the word itself. She's awesome. Effing mushball. And now he's quoting my wife because on the episode she says that my mother tries to portray herself as this tough woman when in fact she is a mushball. Um, anyway... Getting back to Chris, he says, Funny, because growing up in Philly, uh, in the Philly area with a lot of Irish and Italians, I use curse words as vocal fillers. Unfortunately, my wife is very conservative when it comes to that, so I learned to tone it down. I tend to hide my emotions, but I am very emotional and definitely an effing mushball. Very admirable what you guys are accomplishing with your kids and respect to Jennifer for opening up about her childhood. Now, if you don't know what he's talking about, or if you forget, um, tune in to episode three, talking with my wife and hear it for yourself, but be warned. It has an explicit label because my wife has the mouth of a sailor. Uh, now moving on to feedback from my last episode, episode four, my favorite Mets moments. Uh, I had asked people to comment on what their favorite Mets moment was, whether it was good or bad, uh, whether you were a Mets fan or not, and Andy Waters is not. So he said on Facebook that he wouldn't comment. I responded that I wanted him to. I I think that it's fun and interesting to get someone else's perspective. So he finally commented and he said, the 2007 collapse He said, I was in the MS-150 bike tour, which is from Philly to Ocean City, New Jersey, and back for the final weekend of the season. No one had uh, smartphones back then, so at every stop we would ask for the Mets and Phillies updates. I was with my dad and about eight friends. To finish 150 miles on the bike is a great feeling, but also to find out your team beat the odds and won the division was amazing. I can remember listening to sports talk radio in the car with my dad on the way back to my parents' house uh, after. He said, we still talk about it. It was also a huge step in the eventual 08 World Series win, which was the first championship I saw one of my teams win in my almost 30 years of life. I feel like that is at least relatable to a Mets fan. Yeah, because uh, I've only seen one in my entire uh 46 years of life so uh thank you andy for the feedback like i said uh, whether it's positive or negative i want to hear from you tankers out there so um i remember being at shea stadium on that day um the day the collapse officially put them out of the playoff contention and the loss to the marlins kept them out of the wild card tom glavin our ace the guy who we got from the atlanta braves He took the mound that day and didn't get past the first inning. I went to the game with the girl I would eventually dump uh, when I met my wife. So even the company I had that day was miserable. On the train into Shea Stadium, we met this girl who was a Mets fan. 
this cute, very peppy, gung-ho Mets fan starting talk, uh, started talking to us on the train. And when she left, my girlfriend turns to me and she goes, you should be dating her. So that just goes to show you how great our relationship was. But I digress. Glavin is taken out in the first inning, and I just watched the team implode. I can't even tell you how many pitches we went through that day. All we had to do was win one game out of 17. Out of our last 17 games, all we had to do was win one game, and we couldn't even do that. If we won this game, we'd go into a playoff game with the Phillies to determine the wild card. But it was not to be. The Mets lost 8-1 to to the Marlins that day. That was a miserable day as a Mets fan. So thank you, Andy, for bringing that up. I love all kinds of feedback. I love all kinds of feedback. I love all kinds of feedback. All right, so um, on this show, I like to do deep dives into the topics that matter most to parents, families, and kids. And today I have a special episode lined up for you guys. I'm going to explore the phenomenon behind the hit TV show, Bluey, and why it resonates so strongly with dads and adults alike. If you watch the show with your children, you already know. If you're not watching this show with your children, you should be. It really is an amazing show. So, let's start at the beginning. Bluey is an animated children's show that follows the adventures of a lovable blue healer puppy named Bluey and her family. Rounding out the family, we have Bluey's sister, Bingo, her mother, Chili, and her father, Bandit. But what is it about this show that seems to captivate the hearts of dads and adults? One of the key factors is the show's ability to depict realities of parenting and family life in a relatable and authentic way. Bluey's creators have managed to capture the everyday struggles and joys of being a parent, which resonates deeply with adults. The show doesn't shy away from showcasing the highs and lows of parenting, and it does so with a touch of humor and warmth. Bluey strikes a balance between reality and entertainment. One of the recurring themes in Bluey is the importance of spending quality time with your children. The show often portrays the dad, Bandit, engaging in imaginative play and adventures with Bluey and her sister, Bingo. This emphasis on active and involved fatherhood has struck a chord with many dads who can see themselves in Bandit's character. It reminds them of the joy and connection that comes from being fully present with their children. Um... Now, I've, t- I've spoken with a couple of dads that I know, and our kids watch Bluey, um, and we find ourselves watching Bluey as well, and when we're watching it, we find that we really, we really identify with Bandit, the, the dad, because he's, he's just like us. Now, I'm not going to say that my father wasn't there for me growing up, he was always around he didn't go out boozing at the bars gambling or whoring it up all right my father put all of my bicycles together and taught me how to ride a bike he was my coach in nearly every sport that i played and that lent itself to us spending a lot of time with each other but because my father never wanted anyone in town 
talking and saying that I got special treatment because he was the coach. I was basically just like any other player on the team. Sometimes I, I got treated worse just to hammer that point home. He um, went to every school function that I participated in, whether it was a choral concert or a school play, he was there. Even as I went to college and became a theater major, he was at every performance. But my father never played with me. He didn't create games for us to play. He didn't sit down with my Star Wars action figures and play with me. He didn't act out scenarios with me. Now, I try to always be there for my kids in special ways. I play with them any chance that I get. I pretend to be monsters. I've had lightsaber duels with my son. Um, and I play. I used to play uh, Duel of the Fates as we were fighting. Um, I couldn't tell you how many meals I've ordered from the various bake shops and restaurants that my kids pretend to run. I do a lot to try and be present in their lives. And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. The reason I'm bringing this up is a few different reasons. I'm talking to the guys out there who are my age. The guys of any age who grew up with a dad like mine. Where playing with your kids wasn't cool or manly or maybe it was a waste of time. The perception of how a dad should act has changed and it is changing and they are becoming more present in their children's lives and I think that is having a very um, beneficial um, reaction it creates a lot of benefits um, within our within our kids so being there and being present and doing all this stuff, I think is really um, going to help them uh, later on in life. And it's it's making them, um, I don't know, a, a lot happier, uh, more well-adjusted. They, they have a, a, a good uh, sense that um, adults see them as, uh, as you know, people. <laughs> um it's refreshing to see positive representations of fatherhood in the media. All right. Um, a lot of times you get shows where the dad isn't even there, or if he is there, a lot of times, like his face will be buried in a newspaper or he's constantly working or, or he's just, a, he's just a big dope and, um, you know, doesn't really give, the kids any kind of um any kind of direction or any kind of um you know really good advice or anything like that and if he does give good advice it's advice that he just like stumbled upon and you know it just happens to work for the kids or whatever but in bluey it's different because bandit is is there and bandit is aware of his kids and he knows his children and he knows who they are and he knows what makes them tick and he takes the time to learn more about them all right through through the different scenarios and and through the different um moments of play that he has with his kids 
Um, so Bluey incorporates humor not only for the children but also for the adults watching. The show cleverly weaves in subtle jokes, pop culture references, and adult-oriented humor that can be appreciated by parents. The dual-layered humor adds an extra level of engagement for adults, making it an enjoyable viewing experience for the whole family. Um, so adults and kids are really getting something out of it. It's just like when you, you know, when you're watching um, show uh, movies like Despicable Me, or if you're watching, you know, Shrek, or all those different kinds of movies. All right. Sometimes you know there's there are these adult jokes in there that the that the adults are gonna get and they go like way over the kids' heads, but it it resonates it resonates with the adults, making them enjoy it and making them sit down and connecting with their kids over this um, movie and bonding over this particular movie. And Bluey as a show is doing the same thing. On a regular basis. <clears throat> um, Bluey's able to cater to both its target audience, the children, and parents watching alongside them. Now, let's talk about the show's emotional depth. How does Bluey manage to touch the hearts of adults? Um, Bluey has a remarkable ability to tackle complex emotional themes in a way that is accessible to both children and adults. The show explores topics such as empathy, resilience, friendship, and the importance of emotional intelligence. By doing so, it creates a space for meaningful conversations between parents and children, fostering a deeper connection and understanding. Um, Bluey is a, has a, a remarkable ability to tackle complex emotional themes in a way that is accessible to both children and adults. And the show doesn't shy away from addressing the full range of emotions that kids and adults experience in their daily lives. Bluey is one of the most complex ch children's shows that I've seen. Um, one of the most complex animated shows for kids that that I've seen um, it it shows children all right that that like adults are not talking down to them that adults are talking on their level okay or the adults are bringing the children up to their level okay um, and they're not, they're not looking, you know, superior or anything like that. They, they are, um, you know, they're, they're seeing them for, for who they are. Um, one of the ways Bluey achieves this emotional depth is through its storytelling. Each episode presents a relatable situation or dilemma that many families encounter. Whether it's dealing with disappointment, learning to share, or navigating conflicts... Bluey's creators have a knack for capturing these moments with authenticity and sensitivity. By doing so, the show creates opportunities for parents and children to have meaningful conversations about these topics and deepen their emotional connection.
Another aspect that resonates with adults is the portrayal of the parents' own vulnerabilities and growth. Bluey's dad, Bandit, and mom, Chili, are not depicted as perfect or infallible. They make mistakes. They experience moments of self-doubt and they face their own challenges. This humanizes them and allows parents to see themselves in these characters. It reminds them that it's okay to not have all the answers and that parenting is a journey of learning and growth. Now, I make mistakes with my kids all the time. I say the wrong thing or use the wrong approach constantly. Here's something not of not a lot of parents do. I apologize to my kids. If I make a mistake, if I hurt their feelings, if I yell at them before I have all the facts, I apologize when it turns out that I'm wrong. And here's something that I'm going to admit to you that I haven't told anyone besides my wife. I'm not even sure that she even remembers this day, but it has always stuck with me. Um, One day when Juliana... Me and Jennifer's first child was really little. I made a mistake. We had struggled to get pregnant and we were always afraid that if she got pregnant, that something was bound to go wrong. So when she finally did get pregnant, we took all kinds of precautions and, and um, like I went, I mean, even as I was driving, I would drive slower if she was in the car I would try to avoid all the potholes and all that stuff because I didn't want her rattling around and so we were afraid that something was going to go wrong um when it didn't go wrong and she became pregnant and she and she got uh and Juliana came into this world she became our miracle baby she could do no wrong in our eyes, and she was a gift sent straight from heaven. And we treated her that way. We told her how special she was all the time. And then our middle child, Kevin, was born. Um, one day, Juliana was doing something that she shouldn't have been doing, and it was something that we wouldn't let Kevin get away with. She thought, because she was literally God's gift, that she had every right to do what she was doing. But I called her out in it, and I started yelling at her. I got so frustrated at how entitled she felt um, and how she felt that she was better than Kevin, her little brother, that I blurted, I blurted out something that I heard a lot when I was a kid. I said to her, you're not special, meaning she's no better and not going to get better treatment than her younger brother. And the look in her eyes told me that I had just shattered her world. I instantly regretted what I had just said. I realized that I had said something that made me feel terrible when my parents said it to me. I'm not going to lie, I burst into tears when what I had just said hit me. I apologized to her right away. I tried explaining 
what I meant and that she will and that she was special but not going to get preferential treatment but she was like three so she didn't know what preferential treatment <laughs> meant <laughs> um, but seriously I, I instantly felt like crap and I apologized up and down for it so like I said in Bluey they show the parents as not being infallible that they can make mistakes and they have vulnerabilities and they are you know they they don't always do the right thing and me as a dad I can recognize that in those characters and when they realize the mistakes that they make and they try to make up for those mistakes okay even as a dad watching a cartoon I look at that and I kind of take notes on hey maybe you know maybe the next time that this kind of situation happens with me then maybe there's a different way that I can go about it and try to be a better parent that way so it shows parenting as a journey of learning and growth that way um, and to be honest with you you know again talking about my my parents and I'm, I'm honestly I'm not trying to you know crap all over my parents it's just this was a different when, when I was growing up it was a different time and, and parents were always right and parents were you know you, you you had to listen no matter what and and they didn't have to tell you a re I don't have to give you a reason why I don't have to tell you you know um you know I don't have to tell you why you just you just do what you're told you know um but today's a different story right this this world is this world is different and I think it's better for for that um so moving on the show's animation and music play a significant role in evoking emotions the animation is beautifully crafted with vibrant colors and expressive characters it brings the stories to life and enhances the emotional impact of the scenes the music is composed by Joff Bush um, and that's also a standout feature of the show it sets the tone for each episode and helps to create a sense of emotional resonance ultimately Bluey's ability to touch the hearts of adults lies in its authenticity relatability and emotional intelligence it acknowledges the complexities of family life and encourages open conversations about emotions by doing so it fosters a deeper connection between parents and children while also reminding adults of the joy challenges and growth that come with raising a family Bluey seems to have struck a chord with parents and adults by addressing the realities of family life and embracing the emotional complexities that come with it it's no wonder that the show has gained such a devo devoted following um, before I wrap this up I just wanted to talk about a few 
of the episodes to give you an idea of how complex the show is while at the same time being completely simple. My daughter Allison is a huge Bluey fan. As a matter of fact, that's how I heard of the show in the first place. So she's like, Daddy, Daddy, you have to watch this episode. It's called Space. So she demanded that I watch this particular episode with her. So I sit down and I watch this episode. And During the episode, Bluey and her family aren't even in the show for the most part. It's really about their neighbors, Jack, Rusty, and Mackenzie. And they're at the playground and they decide that they're going to pretend to go on a space mission to Mars. For the duration of the episode, Mackenzie keeps pretending to be left behind. And she keeps telling the others to go along with the scenario. But they're not really into it. But they decide to humor Mackenzie and they go along with it. Um, One of the times she gets left behind, she goes into a black hole. Which is really just a tire on the playground. And when she goes through this black hole on the other side, she has a flashback of being at the playground as a puppy where she briefly gets separated from her mother. It turns out she has these abandonment issues that she's working through by playing. She eventually figures out by watching all of this unfold that her mother never left her. She was just on the other side of the playground, but this was something that had followed her through her entire life as she's been growing up. So she's using play therapy to fix her trauma from a very young age. Then there are other things that appeal to adults that may not really be caught by children, such as Bandit and Chili lost a child. You want to know how I know that? It wasn't on a very special episode of uh, Bluey (laughs) where they discuss miscarriages. It was very simple, very subtle. If you blink, you can miss it. But there's... Um, here's the situation. Bingo is pretending to be pregnant and Bingo looks exactly like her mother. Bluey looks exactly like her dad. Bingo is hiding a balloon under her shirt, pretending to be pregnant, and the balloon pops. Bandit and Chili have been watching their daughters, um, act out this little, this whole play acting scene, um, with big smiles and laughter the whole time. When the balloon pops, there's a slight wince of pain on Chili's face. And Bandit gives a quick look over at his wife, sees her face, and extends extends his hand for her to hold. Now, anyone who has ever gone through the struggles of trying to have children or having a miscarriage will recognize that that interaction damn near instantly but again it wasn't done overtly it was very subtle without a word being spoken between the two characters and it only took a matter of maybe six seconds at the most but again because the animation is so well done because the direction is so good that that feeling and that connection between those two characters are felt like instantaneously it doesn't need to it doesn't need to go into this whole big thing um that's how well 
this these stories are told and that's how well the um, animation tells a story um, so again if you're not watching with your kids do yourselves a favor and go and look for it and and find it and sit down with your kids and watch it it's a Disney show it's currently on Disney plus so and um, even if your kids are a little older they will still appreciate it they'll still still get it and they'll still enjoy it um, hell I sit down and I enjoy it with my kids um, so that's all the time we have uh, for today uh, tankers that's it uh, thanks for tuning in today guys as always I want to hear from you I want to hear what you have to say you can join the conversation through email you can email me at talkingwithtankpod at gmail.com. And you can find me on social media by following us on Instagram at talkingwithtank. The tank phone number is 201-549-2210. Give me a call. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. and Let me know what you'd like to hear me talk about in upcoming shows. Let me know what interests you. Let me know what you want to talk about. And as always, stay positive, and thank you for talking with Tank.